0: seen things people wouldn't believe baby i don't care uh, have a drink all the gin joints and all the towns and all the world she walks into mine it didn't do it
1: why not
0: all thing things been wrong from the beginning i
1: feel dirty is there anything i can do please Dix. can't you relax for a second my name is nep walter Net.
0: i was thinking about that dame upstairs and the way she had looked at me he's looking at you kid
1: yesterday this would
0: have meant so much to What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. Welcome to the Speakeasy Noircast, a podcast discussing film noirs of yesterday and neo-noirs of today. Each week, we're going to deliver a discussion of our analysis of classic noir films, and occasionally we'll interview up-and-coming directors and writers of new neo-noir films, all mixed in with our unintelligible banter. Your hosts for the show, Jason Morris and Carly Street. Hey. Listeners, do we have listeners?
1: 25.
0: I hope so. I hope, <laughs> I hope we're, we're past the single digits already and our, after our first episode. Um, we're back for our second episode. How does that make you feel, Carly? We, we have, uh, you know, had the uh, ambition to make it to episode number two.
1: I'm very excited. You sound it. Thank you. That was my best excited voice.
0: <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that, <laughs> no, folks. Carly is the epitome of excitement. Hell yeah. <laughs> the only time she gets excited is if you're talking about Keanu Reeves. Yes! Oh my goodness, there she goes.
1: Well, stop. Stop doing it.
0: <laughs> you know, speaking of Keanu Reeves, have you ever seen um, The River's Edge?
1: Of course I have. I've seen everything he's done. I'd watch, oh. I'd watch him read the phone book.
0: Oh, oh geez there'd be a lot of woes in that
1: <laughs> whoa oh wait till we got to W that'd be great <laughs> <laughs> whoa um, so
0: River's Edge is a bit of a noir neo-noir
1: well that could be on our list
0: it could it should be it's mm-hmm. an excellent film um, I saw it way too young um, and it scared the shit out of me um, it was uh, it's sort of like a very dark stand by me I don't know anyway uh, we'll save that for another podcast.
1: Yes. See now I'm excited.
0: <laughs> Found something that you could. Uh... <laughs>
1: that brings me joy.
0: Sim- yeah, that brings you joy. <laughs> um, well, welcome back, everyone, to our second episode of the Speakeasy Noir Cast. Um, we're excited to be here. I think uh, I think we have a really cool film um, that I had never seen before. Um, that we're going to talk about, but before we get into any of that, we had a request um, from a listener to give a little bit of uh, backstory on on Carly and I, and let you guys know uh, who we are and why we're doing this thing, <coughs> and where we come from, and all that kind of stuff. Um, from our uh, last episode, I you know you guys know I'm out in California, and Carly's in the UK. Um, but I'll let Carly start by uh telling us a little bit about her and why we're doing this thing and uh i don't know carly maybe how we met and all that kind of good stuff and let them uh let them get to hear a little bit about uh who we are is that wise i think it's wise i don't know i mean you know Uh, we had a request for it
1: (laughs) i mean are we doing the professional version or the actual version of why we're doing this
0: well, I don't think we should have any secrets from our listeners.
1: Because <laughs> yeah, the unprofessional reason why we're doing this is because we get left to our devices far too often and get, have a drink and suddenly decide, oh, I know what we should do next. Let's do a <laughs> podcast. People will love that. Who doesn't want to listen to me and you ramble there... on?
0: There is 99.99% truth in that, right there. We do, um, we do, uh, you know, come up with random ideas at times, and this is a fantastic idea. Let's do that.
1: <laughs> and then before anyone says, is it actually as good as what you think? We've done it. We're already there. <laughs> it doesn't matter now. We're too far into it. <laughs> it's
0: already over with.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're on Kickstarter. It's all happening.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're everywhere right now. I don't, and nobody's watching, nobody's looking, nobody's listening, but we're everywhere.
1: We're still there, one <laughs> day.
0: We're like an unwanted ghost. <laughs> that everybody ignores.
1: Until it pulls you into the TV and sucks your life out of you.
0: <laughs> All right, so Carly, you're from over there in the UK. How, how, like, what, what do you do? Who are you? Give me, give me some insight here.
1: What do <laughs> let's, I do? Not a lot cause problems is what I do. <laughs>
0: yeah, I I hear you're, a, you're a, well, I know who you are, so you just tell us like you know what, what you're a, you're a screenwriter, you're a filmmaker, uh, now you're a podcaster. Podcaster. You're a, um, yeah, you're a, you're. A,
1: Motorsport no. journalist. Oh. I could yeah, call myself that at one time. I was, trying to, I was time. trying to
0: get that out. I was trying to get that out. I don't know what it, what is it called.
1: <laughs> like you're a
0: race car enthusiast.
1: <laughs> I, basically, I'm just a fanatical fan that just bothers people in the paddock and then writes. I would write about it. So did that for a few years. That that worked well till he banned me.
0: <laughs> did they really?
1: <laughs> no, but I, I did not doubt it. I did have a couple of like uh, probably terrifying encounters for Mark Webber, and I think pretty sure after that I thought I, I think I'm pushing my luck here for grabbing people.
0: <laughs> stalker
1: I, he touched my hair okay <laughs> he loved it <laughs> Um, I don't know I have a blue Peter badge if anybody in the UK is, is listening I've got one of those for drawing no a, a stick is. figure of Katie Hill <laughs> what? that's what gonna, it's gonna be nothing to 99% of people but you know that one person out there that's for you
0: all right. Well, I laughed and I don't know what it is.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's not funny. It's pretty uh, exclusive.
0: Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, sure. tell us, how did you start? When did you start writing? Because Carly is a, um, a screenwriter. Um, she writes short stories as well and uh, books that um, you've written a full book that you just haven't released for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs>
1: well, it was about my time at the pub, so I don't. <laughs> uh, I don't want to get sued. For being mean about people, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how likely it is for me to get sued, <laughs> oh, or if I've no. actually got to go and change names.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you could change names. Why not?
1: Yeah, I need to hire somebody to change all the names, and then I'll release it. <laughs> um, I so don't. I'm trying to think of anything interesting. That, oh, How did you start as a writer?
0: Let's start there.
1: Uh, in school because I was um, a little bit bored at school and I started writing short stories about the teachers that I hated. There's a recurring <laughs> theme here. <laughs> Don't like people.
0: How <laughs> did uh, you like? Got you good marks.
1: Oh well, do you know what? Oh, I uh, spent too much time messing about and I was short of some coursework, so I put in <laughs> the script that I'd been writing about all my teachers. Because I'd been teaching, I'd been renting books from the library, trying to figure out format and, and all that sort of stuff. And I <laughs> I put this in as one of my coursework pieces because I had nothing else. And they had absolutely no idea what to do with it. Completely bamboozled them, and I got full marks because they couldn't. <laughs> nice. They had nothing to mark it against. So because I spelt everything correctly, <laughs> they gave me full marks. <laughs> so that's a tip there for anyone that's in school. Go.
0: So you succeeded by talking bad about your teachers that you hated?
1: Yeah. Uh, All right. So I thought, well, somewhere in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it kind of went from there.
0: Well, where did it go from there? Because uh, why don't we talk about your your uh, script that you wrote that's gotten a lot of praise, um, Fragile Storm.
1: Um. Oh, I don't really want to talk about
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to talk about it. Right, so, if any of you listeners out there have, um, you know, the interest in this, Carly wrote this amazing script called Fragile Storm. It was a, turned into a fantastic short film. Um, it's out there. You can, you know, probably Google it or YouTube it or whatnot. Um, stars Lance Hendrickson, Um and it's just phenomenal. It's got this amazing twist ending, and you guys will love it. And because of that is how Carly and I ended up meeting through a mutual friend. Um, a gentleman named Troy Foreman uh, introduced us. Um, me being a filmmaker who was heavy into film noir, and Carly who had just written a neo-noir type script, um, and who had walked away from a, from what I understand a fairly big deal um, mm-hmm. um, with financing and all this stuff for the script, and... Um, decided not to make changes to it that were being requested, and wanted to put together a new team or whatnot. And uh, Troy introduced us, and we kind of hit it off, and um, have been working together ever since for the past couple of years now.
1: That's when you, he sent me the pictures of the hat
0: <laughs> from the previous from uh, yeah. the
1: previous episode, <laughs> linking back there. See what I did?
0: Right. So I was I was showing off, and I I had gotten this. Uh, I invested in a, um, a project um, from uh, the production company, uh, Humphrey Bogart's production company. They had come back, and they're making movies again. And uh, I had put some money into it on their, I think it was a Kickstarter or something like that. And one of the perks was I got a, uh, a hat from the Key Largo Film Festival, which was really cool. Um, and uh, so I was excited about that, and sent her pictures of the hat, and I impressed her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I did. Uh, I did spend a day thinking of excuses on how to get that off you. So yeah, I was pretty impressed. I would be
0: more ha- more than happy to send that to you.
1: <laughs> I will earn my own. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll mug somebody else.
0: <laughs> They're hard to find. <laughs> I bet mine is the only one you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. All right. Show off. <laughs> Um, so yeah, after we, uh, we kind of headed off, we started working on this, uh, this film project called Room 19, which is a neo-noir that she had written and it's fantastic. Um, we started a production company, uh, called Resurrection Films and as she was saying earlier, we kind of go on a tangent sometimes and we just create projects and ideas and do things. Um, that we just find interesting and and want to do and and have fun doing it. Um, And this podcast is one of the products of those uh, ideas um, of us just being like, hey, let's do this. (laughs) This will be fun. (laughs) So it's Carly's fault that we're doing this. Hey, I
1: I took the blame for the bloody curious case murder mystery. This is on you.
0: Well, you're gonna take the blame a lot.
1: I <laughs> <because. laughs> We shared blame for Dark Winter. If I can, get... I took the hit for the murder mystery, and you've you got the podcast.
0: If I can get away with it, I'm gonna blame you. So
1: mm, charming.
0: <laughs> um. So that's where we're at. That's where we come. From. I guess. Okay. So for me, like I, um, I started making films when I was about. I don't know, 16 or so, um, really terrible ones, and um, went to film school, and that was a waste of time, in my opinion, but um, made a, um, a few feature films, and um, I'm most excited about uh, this documentary that we just shot, actually, with the, uh, the person that introduced us, Troy Foreman. We just finished a, a documentary called Millennium After the Millennium, which is based or a documentary about a television show which is also neo-noir um, called millennium um, that was a series that chris carter of the x-files created after the x-files and that documentary is doing pretty well it's won a bunch of awards and it's coming out soon in canada and u.s it's already available in the uk so check it out if you can you can find it on amazon or you can go to our website and uh, get a blu-ray copy if you like or a digital download if you like. Um, that one's pretty exciting, and um, I think everybody involved is pretty proud of that. You know,
1: it's awesome.
0: Yeah, and uh, we got a lot of other interesting things coming up, hopefully. But um, and we'll we'll let you guys know here on the podcast as well. But we also have a Patreon, 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 however it's pronounced, um, and you know, Facebook, social media, all that kind of stuff. Um, if you guys want to stay interested, um, or also subscribe to the podcast, hopefully.
1: Or send us abuse.
0: Whichever. Whichever oh, yeah. Yes, What which you can do. We, we set up a phone number.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Just because we want to hear the bad stuff even
0: more. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, it's there. You don't have to use it. But if you want to use it, give us a call. Leave a message. Um, you can either do this through Anchor. They have a voicemail thing you can do. But if you don't use Anchor directly and you're listening to us on like Apple Podcasts or something like that, you can also call us at 1818 six four three one four four one leave us a message request us a film to talk about or if you're a filmmaker and you want to come on the show and you know be interviewed or talk to us or you know as carly to say send us abuse feel free (laughs) go ahead Um, we'll listen to all the all your messages and uh, maybe you'll come (coughs) on the show hopefully you know we'll see what happens but yeah and we're going to unleash some, some additional features to, I don't know, what do you call them? Features? Segments? I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. Um, exciting bits. Exciting bits. <laughs> exciting bits. Um, in probably our next show, um, we've, got, we've got a, a fun little uh, thing we're going to do. We're going to introduce um, some classic sort of noir drinks. Um, that we hopefully can experience along with you guys. We're gonna we're gonna be drinking these bar drinks while we're talking on the podcast and tell you guys how to make them at home, so you can drink along with us. And that should be pretty fun, cause there, I'll start prepping
1: will... for that like tomorrow.
0: <laughs> tomorrow. It I'll... sounds like you're prepping for it right now.
1: I will. Rest assured, I will taste them all. Quality. <laughs> <laughs> Quality, what's it? Quality control. I'll be that.
0: <laughs> but I think that'll be pretty fun. I think people will like that. I mean, you know, for the, the drinkers, even if you're not a drinker, it would probably be fun just to hear some of the types of drinks that they would, uh, you know, you'd find in speakeasies back in the day. Um, and another, what'd you call it? A uh, fun bit? Or what? <laughs> I already forgot interesting bits exciting bits exciting bits there it is
1: moments of excitement
0: moments of excitement um we have another moment of exciting i don't know this is too complicated we have another segment
1: (laughs) thought this through i
0: have not (laughs) even if i had it would still be this clunky (laughs) (laughs) we have another exciting bit that we're gonna unleash which is we're going to uh introduce you to film noir terms uh, we will try to give you the definition and hopefully screw up the term in a, in a sentence using it.
1: Um, do you want to tell everybody what the original idea was?
0: <laughs> okay, uh, so the original idea was to challenge each other and come up with a, uh, um, a noir fact. So Carly, Carly tried to give me a, a challenge of finding a fact about cheese
1: which I found.
0: But I couldn't.
1: Okay, but <laughs> like, I did, so.
0: So I figured, well, this is terrible. Either I'm I'm super inept at Googling, which is probably true, or this is going to be an extremely hard challenge all around.
1: Well, mine was more um, a cheese fact than a noir fact, potentially.
0: See, I don't know what that means. I mean, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I started Googling film noir and cheese. I'm like... <laughs> Is cheese could be like money or is I mean that could be cops maybe? I well, it, don't know. it was
1: open. It was an it was open-ended really. I mean, okay. you're the one that gave up after.
0: I did. A I of did. Weeks. I gave up because I, I quickly learned that I needed to know more about noir terms in general in order to to participate in that challenge. I, I feel like it would have been an Uber failure. I feel like every week that we would come on to this podcast, I would have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I would be challenged to be like uh, I found nothing. <laughs> I have no idea what the relationship of cheese and, and noir is. <laughs> is there black cheese? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. But please enlighten me. What did you what did you discover with the cheese? Cheese,
1: okay. Well, I found a cheese called, okay, I don't think I'm going to say this right. <laughs> oh god camzola Grand Cam- Noir.
0: Camzola?
1: I think Grand
0: so. Grand Noir. Gan- okay. Grand
1: Noir is a fine blue regional cow's milk cheese.
0: For those at home, I'm Googling right now. Uh, camzola Wait, what did you call it? <laughs> Cam I s- oh my god. It's Cam okay. Cambazola,
1: I think. Cambazola. Cambazola Grand Noir.
0: Cambazola Oh, it Okay.
1: It's an blue. elegant blue cheese.
0: Ooh, yeah, blue cheese. Not yes. my thing.
1: So there we go.
0: Okay, Cambozola. There's a Cambozola 101. There we go, you say. Grand Noir flavor. Sharp, sweet, aroma, aromatic. Vegetarian, yes. Texture, creamy. Actually, I don't like blue cheese, though. Do you like blue cheese? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Know. Well, I'll be willing to try it if we find this. If I can find a place to buy this. I'll try this just because you were able to find... <laughs> you are able to find this. <laughs> it's funny, though, because I came up with something fairly similar. Oh, yeah. I couldn't find a damn fact. Like, I was... Maybe I was thinking about it incorrectly. I was trying to find... A fact relating to like film noir films, you know, like, like was cheese referenced in a movie or a film, you know, oh. and to be able to come up with like, well, what did it mean, or when they said it, like, what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I was trying to do. Maybe the, maybe the competition or the challenge wasn't well thought out, which is I think why we need to uh, learn about terminology in the films, and I think other people at home might be interested in that as well. But I did find out something similar as you, and it's called The Black Label, Film Noir. Wineawesomeness.com. Oh. All right? A monthly wine journey curated for adventurous souls. And what it does is pretty interesting. It gives you a brief history of Film Noir, and then it gives you sort of a, um, um, what wines pair with what Film Noir movies
1: oh that's cool and
0: you know and then you have like cheese and and salamis and things like that meats that you can you eat with wine and that was my vague connection with wine and film noir that I came across (laughs) so for instance um, and I'm going to butcher the names of these wines because I'm you know completely wine uneducated they pair a 2015 Cellar El Masroig V Novell (laughs) I have no idea what this is it's from spain um and they pair that with the touch of evil um and it gives you a full rundown of the bottle of wine and then a full rundown of the film touch of evil and i thought that was pretty interesting and i'm gonna favorite this because it's really cool i don't know if i'll ever try it but maybe i will but this is what gave me the idea of doing the um the drinks um, so you stole off of, a
1: website, basically? sort
0: of did, yeah. But we don't have to, like... I mean, this is basically just trying, them trying to sell wine. But, you know, I thought it would be really cool to go back and try some of those drinks of the time period, which may or may not exist today. I mean, I'm sure some of them do just with name changes or there might be some classic drinks that still, you know, have the same name. But I've heard several drinks in films, uh, like I brought up to you um, in... Uh, a lonely place where they bring up the drink, a horse's neck. Never heard of it. It sounded pretty simple. You know, I'm sure it's got another name in today's bartending world, but, um, you know, something like that where we can sort of relate to the picture that we're watching and try out a new drink and tell people at home how to, uh, how to make it and they can drink it along with us if they got the stuff.
1: Oh, okay. That sounds cool. Yeah.
0: Hopefully we'll see how it goes. So that's what people have to look forward to. Maybe. <laughs> I think,
1: um, look forward to, that's a bit of a...
0: Yeah. That's a bit what? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make fun of me. <laughs> Isn't that what we're on here for? just to make fun of each I'm other.
1: Gonna, I'm going to try really hard not to.
0: Okay. Well, you don't have to try hard not to. It's fine. I can take it. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. <laughs> See, I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, Carla, let's take a break real quick and talk to our listeners about our sponsors. guys we're back and we're gonna keep talking about this film um alright so I think that we should go with um forcing you to tell us the plot of The Big Steel but first I guess I already blew that right because I just told people what movie we watched <laughs> <laughs> The Big Steel what? starring Robert Mitchum read about it army payroll
1: We're on the wrong track,
0: pal. Wrong track with the wrong man. Save it for Washington. We're flying back today and we're taking it with us. No we're not. The Big Steel actually filmed in romantic Mexico starring Robert Mitchum, Jane Greer, William Bendix with Patrick Knowles and Raymond Navarro Adventure with that Mitchum man in Mexico, on the trail of a fortune in hot money and a gorgeous girl in hot water.
1: What are you looking for?
0: Huh? Just a few hundred thousand
1: dollars? There's nothing here. All right, where is it, darling? I don't think you'll shoot me. you're taking Halliday's word against mine. The word of a guy you don't even know.
0: You little fool. Come on! Find you at the break. Put it in a second, that way you won't. Thrilling manhunt that speeds deep into Mexico and deeper into romance and danger. It's Mitchum's newest picture. Carly, why don't you give us a rundown of the plot?
1: Uh, okay, I will, and then I have a confession.
0: Oh, oh, confession okay. time. Yeah. Uh oh. Okay. It's my Is this t- as it's bad my, as my confession from last? Uh, Episode?
1: Quite possibly. Oh. I'll uh, right. I'll, do, I'll do the plot first. Um, okay. So it's basically Robert Mitchum. Was his name Duke? Yes,
0: Duke, Duke Halliday. Duke
1: yeah. yeah. So Duke Halliday um, has been robbed, but then he's accused of um, being the robber. So he goes off on a little pursuit, a frantic chase, um, with the aid of, is it the thief's fiance?
0: I didn't uh, yes.
1: quite grasp it to begin with it, whether it that is, was yeah, yeah. Um, and now my confession is I didn't really like it that much.
0: <gasps>
1: I know I've never seen okay. it. I've never seen it before and I found it a little bit chaotic.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. okay. Well, that's all right. there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Um, I I was surprised. I actually really liked it. And I don't typically like those sort of like globetrotting um, chase type movies. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's a few, there's a few things that I don't like. Not that they're bad films, but I'm not. I don't love like espionage films, and I don't love like globe-trotting like chase movies. Um, which this was sort of a globe-trotting chase movie. They go a bunch of different places or whatever. It takes place in Mexico, but. Um, you know, we go from the U S to Mexico, but I was impressed. I haven't seen a lot of Robert Mitchum stuff. Um, but I love night of the hunter. Um, it's one of my favorite films. Um, and I, I think he's a, I think he's a great actor. Um, and I had never seen the big steel. So I thought it'd be a good pick. Um, even though the style of movie wasn't necessarily, you know, my favorite thing, but, um, I ended up really liking it. I thought it was super fast paced um, and just stuck to this story of just, you know, beat after beat after beat, and, you know, until you get to the end. Um, so so what didn't you what didn't you like about it, though? OK,
1: it I, I think to hear
0: this.
1: some of the problem is, is that I really like out of the past with Robert Mitchum, and uh, I think Jane Greer is in that as well. Mm -hmm. So that is so different to this that I think maybe it took me by surprise because I was not expecting this little action adventure caper, which is kind of what it felt like to me. Um, Uh I didn't... I really liked the dialogue. I thought the dialogue was brilliant, really sharp, really funny. Um... I really liked the opening, I really liked the chemistry. Uh, I thought of a new drinking game. Every time they say pronto, (laughs) take a shot, because you'd probably not make it to the end. (laughs) But I, about 20, 30 minutes in, my mind started to wander a little bit because it just felt like there wasn't a great deal of plot. Mm. And nothing was really it just didn't seem like a lot was happening. There was just there was a lot of car chases. There was, you know, sheep in the way. Um, I just, it kind of felt like two different films. Like, the opening, I thought, was fantastic. When he uh, gets arrested and he's having the little cat and mouse dialogue with the Mexican police guy. Mm-hmm. I thought all that was fantastic. I thought it was brilliant and I thought, oh, this is going to be great. And then all of a sudden, it just seemed to become this... Caper, this little. About
0: what time, about what point in the movie did you sort of like the gears wind down for you? Um, you I think lost interest.
1: I remember seeing this really nice, really beautiful shot of um, a lady in the lake, and I think that was about 30, 35, 40 minutes in. Uh huh. So it was about 10 minutes after that point, but then it wasn't really a long film.
0: No, uh uh-uh.
1: uh. I was quite surprised at how short
0: it was. Yeah, it, it was pretty brisk. Um, and I thought it was fairly exciting. And and one of the things, I don't know if it's known for the car chase scenes, but they were freaking me out. <laughs> when I was watching, especially the, the car chase around the mountain, I mean, I found myself like, holy crap, turn the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> I was worried she was going to crash so bad. I love that and, she
1: was driving it, though. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. I thought it was great. And like the rear projection, cause you know, it's not shot on location when you're seeing them in the car, it's rear projection, but it was one of the few films that I thought was really well done. As far as the rear projection stuff goes, it was, it was super exciting for me. I'm, I hate heights. Like I can't stand heights. I don't have a problem going over bridges and stuff like that, but side of the mountain roads, things like that, like really get to me. I'm like, it'll, my eye will just sort of catch it in my peripheral vision and my whole body just kind of locks up and it takes me a few seconds to like, relax, like uh, I'm not falling. (laughs) I'm okay. So if we go up to the mountains, you're not, I'm not the person you want to drive.
1: (laughs) I was, that is a mental note that I've just made. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I felt like those scenes were really intense. Um, and God, I just loved... Like, you brought up the dialogue. I just loved the dialogue. I thought it was so... Uh, they were so witty. Yeah. Um, and it was a... it was a, You know... I, she... I don't know. Maybe it's just their chemistry together or, you know, I don't know what it is. He's such a chauvinistic guy in this film, but it's... I don't feel like he's really a chauvinist in the film. I think he's just sort of... You know, focused and she's just this person that's there until that sort of changes until their dynamic sort of changes and they're kind of falling for each other kind of thing. Um, so they're back and forth like you know sort of banter I thought worked really well. Um,
1: yeah, because she's giving I, as good as she gets and actually I think at some point she's more funny than he is.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, definitely yeah R- Mitchum, I don't think is is phenomenal in this movie. I think he I think he's he's all right. But he's pretty, you know, stiff, which is okay. Um, I think she carries it a lot more than he does. Um,
1: yeah, definitely.
0: And even some of the um, uh, supporting roles, like William Bendix, who plays uh, Blake, um, I thought he was pretty good. Um, yeah, the guy that plays Fisk, uh, Patrick Knowles, he was he was okay. He was, you know, he was alright. I mean, there's there's one moment between him and Mitchum. Where Uh, they get to the, the hotel, there's sort of like forced or trick, I don't know what you would call it, but you know, to stay at the hotel by the uh, police captain. Um, and he goes to, I guess, leave and opens his door Mitchum is standing across the hall, sitting in a chair, um, you know, and he just sort of like stares him down and he just kind of slowly closes his door back and it's just kind of funny. Um, so there's lots of like, I think great moments in the movie that worked really well. Um, but I don't think it's Robert Mitchum's greatest film. Um, I don't. Did you read any backstory on this as why Mitchum was actually... Um,
1: yeah, I did. Bad boy Robert Mitchum.
0: Right. <laughs> I thought that was pretty interesting. And um, I, f-
1: I find it really interesting that they gave her this role to punish her as well.
0: Right. Well, <laughs> that okay, worked out so, well. Yeah. And if you don't know at home, uh, George Raft was originally supposed to play uh, Holiday. Um, But then they replaced him with Robert Mitchum because, which is, I I wonder, I don't think that that would really happen today. It seems today it's the reverse. Like, it it kills your career. But this sort of, like, launched Robert Mitchum even further. Like, he was getting roles because of of what happened to him. So, basically, he was arrested for possession of marijuana. JK? Um, Right. And uh, so, they replaced... George Raff with Robert Mitchum to sort of capitalize off of the um, uh, the press on that. And uh, what was it? It was Howard Hughes um, was the owner of RKO at the time. And uh, how did that play out? Was it was uh, Greer his girlfriend or uh, wasn't
1: she his wife?
0: His wife? Was okay. Was she?
1: Hold on a second. I'm sure that she was because uh, I actually found the backstory more interesting than the actual film, to be honest. <laughs> Probably shouldn't <laughs> say that, but I did. Um, I, I oh, think, so it was meant to be Jane Russell, uh, but they okay. didn't want her getting tarnished in case the public turned against Robert Mitchum. Oh no, it was a previous relationship where she broke off to get married. Um, so I was okay. wrong. Yeah.
0: Well, that sounded that sounded something similar to what I read. Um, where I thought. Um, Greer was Howard Hughes's uh, girlfriend or something like that at the time. And he, I guess they had broke up or something like that. And so he kind of like blacklisted her. She couldn't get a job, but then they couldn't find somebody to play opposite of Mitchum because of his arrest. And like you said, um, they were worried that the public would turn and it would ruin somebody else's career. Um, So I guess eventually he went to jane greer to play opposite um because they had no other choices um and i just thought that was hilarious
1: i bet she really enjoyed saying you know have you seen my sold out packed fabulous film that i'm getting all the praise for
0: (laughs) probably (laughs) that you
1: thought you were punishing me over right (laughs) mr hughes
0: i know you didn't like the movie per se but I didn't. I didn't did...
1: dislike it, but it. I've watched it once. I. I don't think I'd ever. Go back to it.
0: Okay, I could see myself watching it again. I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. So, what would you give it? Like one out of five stars, or one out of five Carlies?
1: One out of five <laughs> Carlies? I should have a wait, sound wait, for effect for you.
0: It should be. It should be one out of uh, one out of five gin bottles. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I'll give it a gin, but not a tonic. <laughs>
0: Is that like a one star? <laughs>
1: That's, oh, I don't know. Is the gin worth more than the tonic? I don't know. We need to figure that out.
0: Gin <laughs> is always worth more than the tonic. <laughs>
1: I, d- I don't know. I mean, I, I really liked it to begin with. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily bad. I didn't turn it off. Um, mm. I think I was just disappointed. Maybe I'd give it like a five out of ten, I think. Because it's just because I don't like it. I mean, it's a great film. The the... It's just not my I'm not really a big action y adventure person anyway. Um so when it sort of went to that, I just found it unbalanced.
0: Okay. Yeah. I have I have a completely different perspective on it. Hmm. I thought it was pretty well um managed, um, in terms of the structure and, and the pacing. Um and I didn't expect it to like it as much as I did. Um yeah, it kept my interest. Like they held back the reason why like his motives and you know, I guess to make you feel like maybe he's the bad guy, maybe he's not, you know, until like halfway through the film. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, the pacing I thought was really well done. I love the car chases. Um I thought the the um the the Mexican uh, police chief, I think this what it was or I can't remember exactly what his role was, but um Something um, equal to like a police chief um, was really funny and interesting. Yeah, I liked um, him. Yeah, because he he knew something's going on and you know whatnot. But um, yeah, I, I I I found it to be quite fun. And I've seen it out of the past, and I, I like it a lot. And this was very different, like you said. Mm. Um, and I was okay with that. Um, but uh, I would I would probably give it. I'd probably get it three and a half, four stars.
1: Is that out of five or ten?
0: I'd say five. I mean, who knows? Well, you can be out of a hundred if you want.
1: <laughs> five out of a hundred. <laughs> I really like this. Five out of a hundred.
0: <laughs> well, at that point, it'd be like 75. We'd <laughs> have to do the, uh, for inflation. Inflation. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what did you give it? Did you give it one?
1: No, I didn't. I, I was What'd doing out it? of ten because I'm nicer. Oh, because you're nice. Oh. I was giving it like a five out of ten.
0: Five out of ten? Okay. Well it's like what two and a half out of five then. Okay. So we can do out of ten. We can do out of ten. Well two out of ten. I'd give it a six then. Six out of ten.
1: See that's interesting because you've only gone one above me and I wasn't overly keen. Right. Maybe I'm just too nice and you're just horrible.
0: I think you're being too nice then. If you really didn't like it, yeah. Five out of ten means like was pretty I I think a a five out of ten movie I'd probably watch again at some point.
1: Ah see I'm seven upwards love for a rewatch.
0: Seven up, oh mm. my God, that's pretty high up the scale. So like a movie's got to be really good for you to ever watch it again, huh?
1: I throw out a lot of tens though. <laughs> I'm not going to, every Keanu Reeves film, ten. If, ten, don't get in, watch it, pass the credits, ten.
0: <laughs> if anybody out there knows who the film company is, The Asylum, Carly, I think, pretty much gives all of their films ten. a 10.
1: I do. I defend them on Amazon all the time. Their their films literally go from like a two star to a 10 star
0: just right. for me. Just for me.
1: Just for me. I should get paid. They should pay me.
0: Which there's nothing wrong with a good, bad film. All right. I, I love them as well. But uh Yeah. If you, wanna, if you want some perspective on Carly's uh, scale system here, check out an <laughs> Asylum film. Any Asylum film. It doesn't really matter which one you watch. <laughs> uh, I have
1: good reasoning for giving my 10. Thank you.
0: Okay, what is it?
1: It's awesome. <laughs> of course. Could you come up with a shark?
0: Could I come up with it, a shark? In a storm. A shark in a storm?
1: Yeah. Could you do that? No. You don't get attacked. You,
0: are you referring to Sharknado? Yeah. Okay. I could not. I, I could not come up with it. I probably could, but I would have been like four years old and nobody would have cared. Exactly. And that's probably where, you know, the creator of that, Anthony, who also happens to be from my hometown, um, came up with that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but they do some fun stuff, you know, and that's what it's all about not everything you, you watch has got to be serious um, just as like the big steel has some pretty far-fetched ideas but it's fun
1: yeah and that's why I gave it five because I didn't I didn't in, I didn't like the the middle section I but it wasn't bad I just didn't like it
0: right I got gotcha. you yeah. that makes sense all right well that's it for the big steel um Carly obviously um, doesn't know what she's talking about. And you guys should go on my recommendation if you haven't seen it and go check it out. (laughs) It's fun. It surprised me. Maybe that's the reason why I like it more than you do. Just because it flat out surprised me. I went into it not expecting a lot and came out loving it.
1: Exactly. Whereas I went in the other way. I think I went in expecting more Mm -hmm. and didn't really get what I wanted.
0: All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So... Now that we're done with that, there is another um, little feature. <laughs> I've already forgot again. Exciting bit is that what it was?
1: Exciting bits.
0: <laughs> there is another little exciting bit that we're going to um, add to the show, which we've kind of already had, you know had this planned out, but um, we just started working on it. We're gonna bring on some uh, you know filmmakers that are making current noirish type films, whether neo noir or throwbacks or whatnot. And we're going to bring them onto the show and interview them and, and talk about what they're doing and um, why they chose to make something of, of that type. Um,
1: that was very sinister.
0: What What part?
1: That bit. You just said that. So sinister. Did I? Yeah.
0: Brr. Why? Are you <laughs> doing my Al Pacino drowned.
1: impression? <laughs> <Yeah. Brr.
0: laughs> Carly, give us your Al Pacino impression. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's folks. it. <laughs> In <laughs> my defence you cut impression. me off You cut me
1: off right before I could get to the meat of it <laughs> I didn't cut it out The episode anyway
0: Is there any meat of it?
1: I mean we'll never know will we I guess not I can do James well, Cagney there. as well Okay. I used, like? I used to do James I used to do Mickey from the Monkees Impersonating James Cagney Because I saw it on a TV show
0: <laughs> Oh boy well, give it to us. What do you well, mean used to?
1: So I, can't, I can't I can't. give it all out in episode two, can I?
0: All right, all right. Well, I guess maybe this will have to be another exciting bit that
1: happens. <laughs> it can be just a random exciting bit.
0: <laughs> By the way, because she's British and I'm American, half the stuff she says I don't understand because I'm uneducated.
1: And half the stuff he says I don't listen to.
0: That's true. So I'm constantly having to Google. Here I am with Google again what she's talking about like occasionally she'll throw out a word I'm like what the hell does that mean you know I'm sitting here like trying to google it so I can have a conversation with her
1: I sent you a dictionary I sent you a British dictionary
0: you did yeah I did
1: <laughs> genuinely
0: I should use that because <laughs> I'm terrible with it and and I feel like that's sort of where this uh this new uh, bit that we're gonna do with um, the noir terms kind of is helpful particularly if you're reading. You know, like a hard-boiled detective novel, you know, from the forties or whatever. um, With, you know, figuring out some of that dialogue because it's pretty complicated sometimes. You know, you have to, you got to be on the up and up with that. You got to know what's going on. Um, So that could be pretty fun. And um, yeah, um, you didn't say anything tonight though that I had to Google. So that's that's awesome. That's always a plus.
1: Maybe you're getting better at understanding. I'm improving. Maybe you've got a translation on you, like the Tardis.
0: Right. (laughs) <laughs> you gotta bring Doctor Who into everything, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so we already figured out what our next uh, our next episode is going to be. It's going to be the uh, the classic Alfred Hitchcock film, The 39 Steps. Um, and I'm pretty excited to watch this one again. It's been probably about, I want to say 15 years or so since I've seen it. Um and I, I can't... I, I believe there's a remake, right? There's two. Two remakes, okay. And I, I can't remember which of them I've seen before. Um, so it'll this will be interesting to see if this is the one that I've seen. I can't remember if it's a Hitchcock film or, or one of the other ones. Interesting. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to um, to talk about that one as well. Um, but that's what you guys got to look forward to, to episode three. So hopefully you guys will... Uh, We'll continue on this journey with us and and see where, you know, see where we end up in this, uh, figuring out what, what this, this podcast is. I mean, I I think, I think we're pretty, we're pretty close. I think we're kind of, we're only the second episode, so we're still, you know, kind of dialing things in, but I think we're, I think we're kind of figuring it out.
1: It's probably going to just by the end of it, it's going to just be me and you rambling for about three hours.
0: It might be, you never know. But then we we could cut it up into segments. I guess so. We can make it like, you know, little 10 minute segments of all one episode. People will hate us. They hate us already.
1: It doesn't there's really matter. There's never
0: an ending.
1: It never ends. Welcome to Resurrection Films. It never ends.
0: <laughs> 30 episodes later, there's an ending to the first episode. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that we cut out. So we just keep right. going.
0: Right. I'm not going to do any cutting on this one. This one's going to go, this is going to play straightforward from the beginning.
1: lucky listeners
0: yeah um yeah so the first episode was heavily cut we didn't know I didn't know what we were doing Carly always seems to know what she's doing but I I have the illusion
1: of knowing what I'm doing I have absolutely no clue 99% of the time
0: yeah fake it till you make it right
1: how I get through my daily my daily routine is a mystery
0: (laughs) so our first episode was heavily edited and uh yeah, and, and we've upgraded our equipment already. We've got new microphones and all that, so hopefully we, you know, we sound better and hopefully uh, you know things are, are progressing in the right direction. Um, but we would love to hear from you guys, so call our number, um, 818-643-1441. Leave us a message or uh, find us on Facebook or Twitter and suggest us a film to watch. Uh, if you're a filmmaker, send us some links to your stuff and we'll bring you on the show. Um. And until the next episode When we discuss the 39 steps I guess we will uh, talk to you guys then He's looking at you, kid I guess Carly's not going to say goodbye
1: I was waiting I, I left a little moment for a cool sound effect for you then I'll go.
0: Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Speakeasy Noircast. Make sure to visit our website, resurrectionfilms.net, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of your favorite podcast apps, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like the show, you might want to check out our book, The Dark Side of Acting Up, available now on Amazon. Or you can check out one of our films available on Amazon Prime.